0: Welcome to another episode of our SaaS Stories podcast. I am your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talked to Mary, the founder and CEO of Academy Fish. Mary's inspiring journey started from being a school non-attender to becoming head of education support in Northern Ireland and internationally. While setting up EAL department, she realized that struggle students faced when accessing international education due to the incorrect translation of academic terms in English. Determined to solve this problem, Mary and her team of mathematicians developed Academic Fish, a a curriculum-based app that provides accurate translations in three languages, English, Chinese, and Irish. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, Mary, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Ash. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm not so sure about the expert, but let's see.
0: (laughs) Great. So do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you can share?
1: I'm going to tell you my favorite quote, but it's just one my father uses, and we use it a lot here in the north of Ireland. Mm -hmm. It's called, Keep Earl
0: Keep earn it. Okay, great.
1: Yeah, it means keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep (laughs)
0: earn it. And straightforward. I like it. I like it. It's it's short. Okay, great. So tell us about Academic Fish. What does the product do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve?
1: Well, you've told quite a lot of it there. You sort of nearly encapsulated it when you said about my background. I was a non-attender, went into education support. Fast forward, head of education support internationally after Belfast. And uh, working in Asia, a lot in Asia, four years in China. And, you know, those students really want to access universities and courses in English. They want to attend universities in Australia, UK, America and um, Ireland. So We've developed, their problems. We've developed an app for the understanding and translation of mathematical terms and definitions. It is in three languages, as you said, with the potential to extend to other ones and other subjects, obviously. Um, the thing about the app is, and it's this is its USP, as they say in the business world, its uniqueness is most students, when we did a pilot, use machine-generated translations. I mean, accessing these information, thats maths. Let's face it, it's maths. Maths is all over the place, it's everywhere, but it's nowhere they can trust. So they spent, it was time consuming. And basically, uh, Academic Fish is created, the data has been created, oh, excuse me. The data has been collated by mathematicians. So it's curriculum based, it's learner friendly, and thankfully,
0: it's correct. Okay, great stuff. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I have heard that you you were working in China for a while, and then you 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 saw the pain students facing there, and then, because in my head and and, and you know I I have I have I don't have much knowledge about this um uh, education industry as much as you do but mathematics is all about numbers, isn't it? And then is it, how does it relate to, is it like the, the people or the students in China, when they solve mathematics, that the, the explanations or the comments is in Chinese and then you guys are helping them to translate it to English or, or the language they want it to be? How how does it all all works? Would you give give us an example?
1: Well, I tell you what, one of the things about the way the app has been built. So obviously, say, say, for example, if you're Chinese, your Chinese is going to be, you know, the level. Mm-hmm. It's going to be excellent level or a good level. But you want to get this and understand that because you're going to have to attend university, you're going to have to do courses in English. OK, so one of the main things about this app is that, um, When you look at a term or a definition and it's in your language, you just toggle over. You don't have to come out and go elsewhere. You toggle over into your language of choice to get this pronunciation, what it looks like, what the understanding of it is, a pictorial version. And it says, now this is pronunciation was a big one. That was one of the first ones I noticed. I mean, I had teachers come up to me and say, "How do you pronounce this term in English?" Mm. And that was math, and I was like, "So language and maths, language ma- maths is everywhere, and mathematical language is key." I'm going to give you an example which works very well in the north of Ireland, and that is if you put ten square, there's a mathematical term. Keep a ten square into, uh, say, for example, Google. I'm going to use Google. I don't want to advertise them. There you go. But I mean, I don't. But if you put it in to Google, you come up with a hotel in Belfast.
0: Mm.
1: Now, this is one of the major issues, what we're doing. We help them. It's mathematically focused. Yes, it's their terms. It's over 1,300 terms that each curriculum uses. And they know when they go into it, they are going to get professional support. By mathematicians,
0: yes, right, and 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 essentially the numbers uh, when 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 they are getting translated to their uh, the preferred language, the uh, the numbers are going to be same, right? Because oh well no
1: well no obviously Chinese it's a different science. it's more it's the same you know if I said the number one two three up to ten mm-hmm. it would be written in Chinese in uh, Mandarin. You know, simplified Chinese. Yeah. You know, so the whole thing correlates.
0: Ah, got it, got it. So So, basically, the the way they write the numbers uh, is different than how we write in English here.
1: Oh, Totally, totally. It's all very different, everything. I mean, it's a big learning curve, but I love the uh, Chinese mathematical system. Learning uh, to count in Chinese and speak the language that way, I mean, it's so much easier than other languages. Really? So, because it's very concise, yeah. Now, don't be asking me for any test points here, but I mean, like, when I was there working, I was like, oh, well, that actually makes sense the whole way you say it. It's just so precisely laid out, but it's in a different language, so that is why they need the pronunciations, and we also give pinion for the terms as well, which is the pronunciation as well. That helps them with the pronunciation.
0: Perfect, perfect. So, so when, when you had this epiphany, did you did you look in the market where there were other products? What was going on at that time? And uh, what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move ahead with this idea?
1: Right. Well, what encouraged me was number one, how the students themselves were fust- frustrated with the whole process and um, be- because they would take something out and then come up to me But uh, to look at it market research-wise, we looked at what was out there. Mm. And what is out there, there's a lot. There's a wealth of mathematical support. Mm. I mean, you can get lots. You can download lots of apps or maths. But you can't download something that will translate for your understanding. Mm. And that is, as I say, the USP, the big difference. So we did lots of research. We did the POC. And um, we went to schools. We went to universities. We got people to do the feedback from there. Mm-hmm. Um, am I am I answering your question? As
0: yes, yes, you you yeah. A part of my question was around the motivation as well as the the research you did before before going forward with the idea.
1: Well, one of the other things was it was during COVID, and I happened to be home from China, mm-hmm. and uh, I sent a an email just a random email to see is this is am i right here about this so i sent it off to two universities two local universities and one got back within the hour and said yes they wanted it mm. they wanted it to help the students so that though this was to help their students already in university mm. and our app is aimed at those in upper primary right through to university level
0: oh okay so it's not just for the university; it's also for for upper primary. Then,
1: yes. And, and so actually, it, it it's it's actually quite concisely going through the curriculum from that level.
0: Yes. Oh, that's really good. And um, when you have you started this as um, um, by 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 yourself, like bootstrap? Do you have any investments or anything?
1: Well, basically, I started it on by myself and I have been very lucky with the validation I've received here. I've received grants from different take start concept, concept plus grants. Mm-hmm. And because it's in the third language, Irish uh, the Irish as well, funded it because they're trying to promote the Irish language. There's a big boom in the Irish language mm-hmm. and you no, know, I have been well supported, but you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, it's not all about the money mm-hmm. and support. Right, today I had a three-hour meeting with two different support systems in one building in the Catalyst in Belfast. And two, two investors gave their advice to me as to how I'm going about what I'm doing, the positives, the negatives, and maybe, you know, I, I had something else. So basically what I'm saying is there's so much support. If you ask questions, you have a question, and you take the time to ask, and you ask, you ask, you don't ramble. You know what you're going to ask. You have a specific ask. There is always somebody that is willing to support you. Mm. Now, we've had the financial support. We've I had that support, that was just this morning. But there's so many other avenues of support out there. And I find that as beneficial for me as money because it's giving me a guidance.
0: Yeah, 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 indeed. And I totally agree with you. It's just i just wanted to um you know understand that if if it is all you know bootstrapped till date because the reason is i really really like the the entrepreneurs who who start a business uh, without investment and you know grow it because I, I myself think that that's at least at least 3 to 4 times more difficult compared to the startups who already have investments because a you need, to, you need to do a lot of work and put a lot of effort to get the traction. And B, you need to resolve or, or you need to hit the pain point of your end user in a way that, uh, you know, it generates a lot of uh, word of mouth traffic for you. So that that is why I was actually trying to ask you that question.
1: Oh, no, that's a good question. So I will tell you, I'm living in a camper van funding this wow. but wow. It's, it's a really positive experience I've been living in it for over a year this one mm-hmm. and I travel between Spain and Ireland at the minute and I'm, that's why I'm in Belfast because it's a bit hot in Spain but I mean I travel around I work online so I suppose I'm what uh, the, the posh word would be uh, digital digital nomad as long as I've got my solar yeah and my Wi-Fi connection I can work anywhere
0: indeed and that's the beauty of being a uh entrepreneur in 21st century. Yes. Amazing. Perfect. So, um, then, uh, well, well, approximately how long you have launched the first MVP of, of this uh, app?
1: Well, I, I will call it the .com and .cn because our initial target was the Chinese demographic because target market, because that's where I was working. Uh, so I've CM for the Chinese side of it. So we launched in .com in October, November last year. Yeah. And again, that was hitting the English and Irish side. Yeah. And uh, we have just in the last two weeks actually launched in China and have 450 downloads already. So, you know, it's been amazing. But the build for China was totally different yeah. from the build with the dot-com side, mm. GDPR issues, all those sorts of things had to be considered. And again, it's a different uh, legislation mm. and legals. Mm. So that has been a long journey, a, a year and a half getting that into place. Mm. And so two weeks ago, I was like, yes.
0: There
1: you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ten app stores. But I mean, it was a lot of uh, negotiation, communication, and adapting what we were doing
0: well that, that that that's really really good because i i would like to unwrap a little bit on this one um, mary because you know uh, most of our listeners they they, they operate in apac uh, you know asia pacific and uh, they would like to learn from you that how how was the journey did, do you have to did you have to uh, register a different entity in, in in china in order to do that or do you have to like um, what kind of legal Aspects you have to cater to or what? What was the challenges which you faced while doing a launch in China?
1: Right. Well, the very first thing for the company that I did was I did the trademarks For the logo and the company. Yeah? yeah, so when you do that say for example, so I'm in the north of Ireland So I'm UK and Ireland, but if you do your trademarks that gives you six months leeway everywhere in the world Okay so then I went in to get my trademarks. Yes, mm-hmm. so that again took another year and a half and translation problems, not by our staff, but actually by the trademark place itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that, that's a lot of costs. We did that, we did the legals. Mm-hmm. There are, there was, I have a distributor in China, so I just can't go in myself and launch an app. To access those app stores, I had to use a distributor. Again, that was a lot of talking to people, finding the right partnership, Mm -hmm. know that you can work with, that you're happy with, Mm -hmm. and that people that you're going to encounter difficulties. And as I say it now, I'm saying it in a couple of minutes, but really it is very, very, number one, time consuming. Mm -hmm. But it's a slow steps forward, and sometimes it's a big full stop.
0: Got it, got it. So basically, you cannot launch it by yourself. You had to find a local vendor who could partner with you, and then you can you had launched it on the App Store. So is it is it is it restricted by the government there, or is it just the way how the 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 Apple guidelines are for Chinese?
1: Well, it's not Apple. No, no, it's completely different. So I have launched as I say dot com Apple and Android. But um, this is the Chinese app stores themselves. So the top 10 you go into, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't pronounce it. It's in capital letters because it's an amalgamation. It's an acronym. Mm-hmm. MIUI is the top store. MIUI. So that's where we MIUI. Mm-hmm. No, it's not in Chinese. It's just amalgamation of a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's run by, oh, I actually can't remember. But um, they. that's where we get our main downloads. Okay. So going into them, one accepted, another didn't. So you had to do a GDPR. GDPR is very, very important. And it is, it's a government, you know. But, you know, I'm not saying that's a negative. You know, I agree with, you know, certain things like that because it keeps people... I'm providing information here, support for students, parents and teachers. I don't want anything on my app or I don't want to affect anybody with somebody... Putting something detrimental in it, you know,
0: yeah.
1: and you know, I want it right, and I don't. You know, it's very important to me that I go through all the legals. It's time-consuming. It's expensive, but hopefully, it will result in a very positive outcome.
0: Indeed, it definitely will. Yeah, and 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 thanks, thanks for unwrapping this for us. Um, so tell tell me more about um. Uh, your background, your your founder. Are you the single founder for this? Founder. Oh, nice. Okay, so tell me more yeah, about, sorry. about you. about uh, you. Where were you brought up? What what was here yeah, about? You know, and how did you um, ended up into education? Very healthy, not at not at the schools. I would like to know more about you. Well.
1: One of my things is I'm from the north of Ireland and uh, I grew up at a time during what they would call the troubles and there's a lot of political unrest and I don't I am somebody that will I like quiet. I don't like strife and I will do anything to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to say this, if it helps anybody out there, I would be considered on the spectrum autistic spectrum mm-hmm. i this suits me living in a campervan because i don't have to socialize too much mm-hmm. when i do have to socialize it's quite stressful for me so this obviously was what was impacting me when i was at school when i was younger mm-hmm. i left school with the equivalent of one gcse knew the uk curriculum mm-hmm. and ended up um, working in bars everywhere so basically I think they'd have said I was smart enough. But if I'd spent the time I did avoiding school, I might have come out with a lot more, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I just didn't fit in. I never fit in anywhere. And I would hide by reading books, reading books in the library. And I suppose that kept me going until I then went to university. I went back when I was nearly, when I was over 28. Mm-hmm. And uh, did an education degree. When I did my education degree, straight away, as I was pointed out to me, I always wanted the not the top end, not not the top. I not I didn't go for the general learner. I was insistent that the person having difficulties would get support. Yeah. You know, and that's a few years ago. And for any teacher out there, it's not easy because you've got a wide range of levels of ability in your classroom. Yeah. And there's not necessarily the support, the support with classroom assistants and resources. Definitely then there wasn't so much support. So I kept being pulled towards the education support. And uh, that's where I went on to do further training and end up head of education support. And I am quite intense when I focus on something. And I then left the here, Belfast, where I am at the minute. When basically I lost weight and a lot of hair and I took it very, very serious and I decided, no, I needed to change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went international, something I'd always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So my first contract internationally was in Thailand. Mm-hmm. That progressed that uh, basically work I had done in Belfast. But then after a few years working internationally in different countries, I was asked to go back go to not go back actually go to China and set up an EAL department there through the school and there from there it just you know my experience is look you know see working in international education and here at home I just absolutely love what I do and I think that is a massive positive for me you know I didn't start a job and then get bored after five years. I've continually adapted, changed and gone on. The same sector mm. but different experiences and I think that's very much what's given me the resilience to do what I'm doing today.
0: Yeah, that's that's spectacular because keeping into the same space and continuously adapting to the environment is is one of the fir- I, I think one of the top most um, skills and uh, personalities uh, you need to become a successful founder and you you already showcase that. So that's, that's amazing. Great. So, so tell me more about um, when you, when you uh, started this uh, when you had this idea and when you started working on this app. Have you hired someone to do the app for you or you got it done by um, the university we were working in or how, do, how did all it work out?
1: Well, I, I, I'm very much content-based and I'm uh, working with staff. I'm good doing that through project management through the years and I'm aware of my strengths and my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And there is no way I could develop an app. So I use a company here in Belfast mm-hmm that we are Sugar Rush and basically they develop it Great communication. It's, uh, they know that we've worked together for quite a while now. And, um, so I utilize their strengths to help my company Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, I started it myself, but I also have to employ mathematicians in each country, Mm -hmm. in each language. So they're very much, contributing to where the app goes and you know what the, its journey because they can guide me as to what is needed with students and all that you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. staffing again I have social media mm-hmm. admin so as a new entrepreneur I may have been doing this in nearly three years but as effectively it's a new company it's very important to me that I have a core team, a very good, solid core team going forward, mm-hmm. and good relationships working with provision, ad- uh, advice, provision, support, all the supports out there. It's a lot of uh, inter- uh, intercommunication and the app developer themselves. So um, I don't know why I can finish here and what I'm saying. Every per- every person in this. Waiting is important. They each contribute positively.
0: Indeed, indeed. yeah. to make a to make a successful business uh, or a startup, you 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 need a very strong fundamental team anyways. So without it it's 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 very difficult. Okay, great. so that that's when when where you got the app developed and everything. What are the different strategies do you use? I mean, you just mentioned that you're more of a content person, right? So, what is the different strategies do you use to bring more, uh, more you know, uh, customers or targeted uh, users to your app? Do you use SEO? Do you use social media marketing? Do you use paid marketing? How does it work?
1: We use all of those, Ash. We use them all, and our big thing at the minute is to build our B two C, our B two C market, our users, mm-hmm. to attract B two B. Now, I've I started it. It's, this will be continually resources will be developed on it, mm-hmm. but in in regards to China again, the difference is it's a very different social media yeah. Then the cn side is very different from the .dot com. Yeah. So we have WeChat, Baidu, what's translated into English is Little Red Book, because they all hit different market areas. Little Red Book is young students. uh, WeChat is parents. And again, it's parents funding Mm. these things, isn't it? And uh, Baidu. So we have our YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. And we do aim to target other markets, but we would like to get this Nailed first the Chinese market. Yeah. What we're doing and developing the app that has got a voice-activated chatbot. It's got gamification. We're only in our first build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I so ended. Yeah. So we are still really pre-revenue. We we are just at the moment. This is our going because of the numbers are increasing with our user base. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like we need more. And that's what we continue to do through our social media. Yeah. And then we can attract the B two B that the business uh, business model.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and that's the right way to do it. Um, and 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 tell me more about your um, um, your uh, uh, revenue model. I know that right now you're pre, pre uh you know uh, revenue, but have you got a revenue model in place? Do you already uh, you know have it jotted down somewhere, or you have actually started? Uh, Charging your customers from the day one? How does it work?
1: No, well, because of my background in education support, this model, and it has changed. Start out, I would, I want it free mm. to be inclusive, that anybody can access it. Mm. But I also have to live. I have to pay bills, right? So we're looking at subscription models. Mm. We're looking at, all, which again, at uh, you know in the dot-com builds you would have advertisements mm-hmm. but we wouldn't want that to impede on the learner experience too much B2B it would be advertising from interstitial ads uh, advertising from businesses in education mm-hmm. aviation because all these st- education they want to universities would want to attract these users mm-hmm. Aviation, these users will all, if they go to university, need flights, accommodation, they always need somewhere to stay, mm-hmm. and banks. When you students, when you move, when I move to any new country, I always need to start a new bank account. Mm-hmm. And this would be one, so that would be part of my B2B model. There's big flaws in it. I speak flaws in it. And I'm, I've am i been focused on the content, on the development, app development, and staffing, and the legals, and so many things. This is really what I need to nail down now. Yeah. It's it's out there. It's not perfect model as such. And it's going to be developed more and more. But I find, again, I have weaknesses and I need support for that. And I'm very open to asking for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and have we, so when I looked into the website and I uh, looked into the screenshots of the app, etc., what I realized is it's it's really you know, thorough, the content is really good. You have used really good color schema uh, from a design perspective. So it, it, it's all good. The, um, what I wanted to ask about that is, um, have you ever uh, tried or used um, an app called Duolingo? Yeah. You did. And you just mentioned a couple of minutes back that you're thinking to implement some gamification in that, right? Yeah, that's a really good idea, by the way, because that actually that is one of the viral effect you can have in your app to to just, you know, create.
1: Well, gamification helps create a community as well. So we like to create the gamification to at the minute it's quite static. The app. Yes. The information gamification. I don't want to distract too much, as I said earlier, from the learning process, but I want to create a community base. Mm. Yes. So, for example, you can get into pods, and you can earn rewards, and you can go up a a ladder, mm. no, award ladder, and it would be uh, reflected in social media boards, and um, that's what it's all about. So, this is just the start of the app. Indeed. Um, I did notice about Duolingo, and I remember going, "Oh no, Duolingo! I used to use it, but you know, it is machine generated." Mm i mean i I live in Spain between Spain and Ireland, mm. and it it's not correct all the time. it's very good it can get you through things, mm. but you're learning Spanish in North America as opposed to Spanish in Spain, you know that sort of difficulty that's yes. it's you know, and duolingo started out very many years ago, but they then just last year no twenty one they launched the math app, and I went, no, but well, this is not what I want. But there is a big difference between what Duolingo does and what we do. In Duolingo, it's in one language. Maths is presented in one language. If you go into our app, you've got your front face, you've got your information, and if you look at the top, Ash, you can toggle between English and Chinese. You don't have to actually leave it. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's not their model. So I'm trying to streamline the app to make it as positive a learning experience as possible.
0: Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I, I saw the two icons on the top right, which says English and uh, and then I think there's a red dragon for Chinese, right?
1: Yes, and then there's the Irish as well. Well, you know, we, we did flags and then, you know, these, there's a simple thing. Anybody starting out, it, flags can be offensive. You know, to certain people, you don't know what a flag you can put for English that might be offensive in a different, another culture. So we actually did a competition and got students to design it. Yeah. We got, we went into schools and got students. We designed most of the avatars. We wanted uh, non-gender specific and uh, we got students. And I absolutely loved what one of the students, two of the students together uh, from a small school in outside Derry designed. And it was a disco globe one. And it is Fun. and I said it has, I give them criteria. It has to be non-gender specific, and you know we would like a character that we can move and is fun, mm. and that was what they come up with. And I, I, the minute I saw, I just went. I was going around that particular class, and I just went, I love that. <laughs> yes. So they got awards, they got prizes, and uh, we got a fun no, uh, avatar. Yeah. Developed by students. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. That's a really good idea for our listeners to, to you know, figure out if they want to create a mascot for their brand and, uh, you know, they don't have many ideas. They can go outside and seek for help. That's that's really good. Great.
1: Well, even our logo. Sorry. Our logo is like that. I, sh- I, I didn't mention it. But our logo started out. I love the arowana fish. Mm-hmm. And I actually started around that. And then... Basically it ended up, I'm a very simple, basic person. It went right back to, if you look at the logo itself, it's a goldfish, really. Yeah. And my goldfish is very important in the Chinese culture, educational wealth, abundance. Mm-hmm. And my, my Chinese students during COVID, I was, I had gone out during the Chinese new year to Vietnam for a quick holiday. Okay. So speaking with my students, I got to, after we'd finished class, I would uh, systematically contact them. How are you doing? What's happening? You know, because there's a lot of uh, social health issues to consider as well. And they got braver. And eventually one said to me, do you know what we call you? And I went, oh, my goodness, uh, no. Um, Maybe I don't want to know. And they said, no, we call you Lucky Fish. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, Why? And because I helped with academic university access skills, they said, "Well, she says, I, I got two university acceptances in your class when I was in your class, and we all got them when we were in your class." And I was just laughing, and I said, "Um, so you got emails to say that you were accepted into university in my class?" And they said, "Yes." And I said, "Can you tell me what you were doing on your mobile during my class? You know." So we we had a good laugh, you know, that they were actually looking on their mobiles during my class and not focused. <laughs> but also, you know, yeah, no, but that's young ones. And then also my father, Frank. Frank always said, If I fell in the river, it's the river ban here, if I fell in the river band, I would come up with a fish in my mouth. I'm not
0: lucky. Yeah. That's fine.
1: Well, yeah, I'm sure there's an equivalent in uh, every culture for that sort of a person. So Lucky fish, fish had to be in our logo.
0: Perfect, perfect. That's a, That's a perfect um story for for the logo and the mascot. So, 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 so Mary, uh, can, can you give us a sense of the size of the business? Where are you in terms of revenue, number of customers, and size of your team?
1: Well, as I said to you, we've got seven hundred and fifty users. Just we've launched in October. Mm-hmm. Uh the I think it was October. Um, but. Since China now, it's been more than doubled mm-hmm. in those couple of weeks. Again, we need to look at analytics. Revenue, we're still pre-revenue. I've said that already. Yeah. Uh, we've got the two languages, three languages, English, Chinese and Irish with the potential to go to other languages. Mm-hmm. And that's something we will look at because um, we have to consider Hindi and because it's a third largest transnational demographic, student uh, demographic in the UK Mm -hmm. and Spanish for the homeschooling market. So that's American. So that's again where we come into for gamification comes in, because with gamification, we can put them into pods and homeschooling is very well organized. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's somewhere I would aim to go after I focus on the Chinese market.
0: Sure, Sure. And what about the tea?
1: The team uh the team's absolutely fantastic. As I said to you earlier, it's very important to me creating a strong team going forward. Yeah. And what I like about my team is they have outside interests that help their minds, help you know they're not just focused on academic fish. They get I give them lots of training. I get not I g don't give it, I get them training here in Belfast from the different colleges, uh, further education colleges. So what they learn, one, a graphic designer, for example, she works fantastic. She also does training in animation. So these are skills that I have found for her that she can also, she's involved, she's just written, not written, done graphic design for her first book, book mm-hmm. and co authored. So they've got a lot going on. And I love to hear that if it's sport, outside interest, and if they can get training in academic fish, that gives them another string to their bow for their future, mm. I'm happy. Then the staff feel validated, they're learning and they're more with the buzz of what's happening with the company Indeed. and more involved.
0: Indeed. So so uh, how many uh, are you like, how, how many number of uh, team members you have in your team in total?
1: At the minute core, because obviously I've got my language, mathematicians, that's separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so what, there are so many in that group because every time you do a translation, you have to get that checked and you have to get it checked again. So there's a whole process there for each language, for each term. Uh, so that's different. but uh, I would have four core at the minute. and it's sales, marketing, sales marketing, um, graphic design, admin, and myself.
0: Perfect, perfect. Great stuff. So I guess we can move to the next part of um, the, the inter- uh, interview, which is more about the lightning round. But before the lightning round, I would like to ask something. So throughout your journey and experience, there must have been valuable lessons learned. So, you know, if you don't mind sharing, could you reflect on your experiences and tell us about one mistake or setback that you encountered along the way that you are now consider a regret or 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 maybe not regret. It's a it's a positive thing that you have learned. And additionally, what advice would you give our listeners based on this experience?
1: Well, I'm going to be honest with you here. For me, actually, to make mistakes is a good thing. For me, it's always a learning. I'd always encourage students, everybody, to learn from your mistakes. No mistake is a total, you know. As a very sage saying, I would say it to my daughters just to wind them up, really. But you can't have the rainbow without the rain.
0: Indeed. Indeed. You cannot have the yeah. rainbow without the rain. Exactly. You
1: know, I, think, I, I think I owe that to Dolly Parton or somebody like that. But um, uh, my strength, as I say, I'm aware of uh, the, the model, the business model
0: mm-hmm.
1: is not a great model. Right, I'm learning and getting advice in it. Mm. I had to start right, I had to go ahead with it, get it launched, because I was advised time and time again, do not wait until it's perfect. If you wait until it's perfect, there'll be something else to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I have launched the app with what it has on it so far. And to be honest, that's a lot. That's as I say, three years collating that information. So I didn't make the mistake of waiting. But Mistakes. I have difficulty seeing things as mistakes. As I say, it's more a learning curve. Mm -hmm. So I can't say no. No, there were major mistakes, but there would be major mistakes if I didn't stop to think and ask for advice and support. I'd say there would be more of them.
0: Indeed, indeed, great stuff. Okay, so we should wrap up, and we uh, we are going to go into the lightning round now. So I've got six uh, quick-fire questions for you and just uh, try to answer them as quickly as you can. You ready?
1: Well, now let's see.
0: (laughs) Great. All right. So the first one, uh, what's one of the best piece of business advice you have received?
1: I'm doing this myself. I, so that might have been my learning thing. I would have been better supported with a co-founder. So to complement my, st- my skills.
0: Perfect. So basically you wanted, you want, you, you, you think you, you could have a co-founder so that uh, the co-founder can fill in the gaps you have in your skill set.
1: Yes, exactly. Like I've got content staffing. If I had somebody with uh, business and, uh, IT, mm-hmm. that would have been fantastic. I'm still looking at, around that area because that can still happen. But, um, That is good advice, I think. Perfect. Try to do it with somebody else.
0: Perfect. Okay. And what book would you recommend to our audience and why?
1: Oh, my goodness gracious me. I've just downloaded Burn the Boat. Yeah, the Burn the Boat. Oh, my goodness. I can't even hear. If I even have it. I haven't got it here. It's by one of the top uh, entrepreneurs. There's actually a workbook. He didn't do that workbook, but it's called Burn the Boat. And you know what it is, Ash? It's, um, you know, you go into something and say, I'll do that. And if I can't do that, I'll do this. And if I can't do that, I'll do, and, 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 and right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's be concise in your journey, research it, and forget about all those other things. Focus. Burn the other boats.
0: Burn the other boat. Yes. Yeah? Focus on one. Yeah. Perfect.
1: And get it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, what one attribute or char- characteristic in your mind of a successful founder?
1: Resilience, as I said earlier. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You'll have positives and you'll have negatives, yeah. and you have to keep going, listen to what's been said, mm-hmm. but help faith. You know that market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the market, for whatever it is you're looking at, listen and, you know but you need resilience. There's going to be lots of no's and there's going to be amazing moments when you get that yes.
0: Perfect. Okay. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Walking my dog. Walking my Oh, perfect. I love walking myself too.
1: <laughs> he takes me over rocks, through forests, through hedges. And I let me tell you, I'm not, thinking about academic fish when i'm being pulled through the hedge with this dog he's just he's bouncing he gets me out he makes me stop i have a coffee i go for a walk i with the camper van i can live out anywhere and i always tend to live by the beach so and he loves swimming so i can go swimming he can mind the van get a dog that's it there's your get a dog that's the best advice you know that
0: And what's a new or crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time?
1: Oh my goodness, do you know what?
0: To do, do with this business? No, uh, a new or a... Any yeah, a, any new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue.
1: I think in things like that all the time, I, I, I do my friend's head and I'm always saying, you know, you could do that, that. That, think of that. That, that's not around. I don't know. There's so many, but small things. But I don't know if I, I. can't think of any crazy idea. I'll be honest with you. But if you're going to do an idea, try and think of something that can expand. Okay. That that's the thing. The way I've started with one subject, I started. I started with uh, two languages and was asked to do the third. So that's expanding something that can go somewhere. Globally, if uh, you know, I started globally, which is a bit ironic, but uh, and then went down national, but something that is not just a shirt, a pink shirt and a blue shirt and a shirt with a collar and a shirt without a collar, maybe maybe there's money in that and I'm just down in that. But I'm saying something that will keep you mentally engaged with it.
0: Yeah. 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 And the last question I have is, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know?
1: Uh, I'm an... Introvert that appears that I'm an introvert, but I like people.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is this is kind of like similar to my personality also. I mean, I I'm, I do a lot of you know social activities, but I consider myself introvert too, and uh, it's it's just it's very difficult to to justify in front of people, you know, when you have. <laughs>
1: But what probably happens, Ash, is you're very good for your 10, 20 minutes, and then you go back into your little burrow like I do. Yeah. And go, oh,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> do
1: you know what I even do? Back to that dog. When I we get into the camper van and everybody's, there's nobody around, I even take off the dog's lead Yeah. to give it freedom around its neck. I mean, as if the dog's stress. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great. Well, Mary, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story unpacking the last few years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. Um, so if people want to check out Academic Fish, it's uh, academicfish.com. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, the Chinese version is academicfish.cn. Okay. The .com is academicfish.com.
0: And how did the, how do they find Academic Fish app on uh, App Store or Android or
1: Yes, it's on, it's on. But you know what I'm really looking for, Ash, as well, and thank you for this opportunity. I want people to go and download it and give me feedback. Mm. What are we doing right and what can we change? How can we help support students, mm-hmm. learners? And, you know, this is pivotal, important for our journey going forward. And we are going forward. Indeed. But we can't go forward without constructive feedback
0: yeah definitely that's that's one of the things so let me let me you know encourage my listeners so people listening to the podcast please please download academic fish and please try Mary some feedback uh you know positive negative or uh, any feature requests anything you think is good for you know development of the uh, of the app of the business just let Mary know about it perfect
1: and we have all the Chinese. I don't know if they're, you said the Asian based. We have our Chinese WeChat and everything like that as well, which they could join and again, give information that way. We welcome all feedback. Perfect,
0: perfect. And if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to to them to do that?
1: My email address is there, dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay is M-A-R-Y-M-C. It's on the website.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, that's good. That's good.
1: And, um, you know, there's a s- subscription button as well where you can go in, get information, and uh, find out more through it.
0: Perfect, perfect. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for being uh, on the podcast, Mary. And uh, one day, once you become a billionaire, I would love to, well, you of <laughs>
1: Yeah, very good, Ash. And Ash, again, thank you very, very much for this opportunity.
0: Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of our SaaS Stories podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Mary insightful and inspiring. If you're a founder or industry expert interested in sharing your story on our SaaS podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. Simply email me at ash at artcircles.com. And let's connect for a potential interview opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. We have a lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way. Stay inspired, stay motivated and keep building.